This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. All these trappings around sort of evangelical Christianity that teach us to kind of come into a place and do a thing or, you know, there's language like, you know, bring God to the neighborhood, bring God to the public school, all these things that at the end of the day, I think the best we can offer is just our whole selves. That took time for me to understand that it was my own limitations that were really going to, in some ways, lead the way. What do we do with limits that we choose? What does it look like to consent to the constraints of community and yet find ourselves both limited and feeling a sense of spaciousness? Well, in this conversation with author Shannon Martin, we talk about what does it look like to be a good neighbor, to love your place, the limits of our own personalities and our hustle habits. You'll want to listen in so you can think more clearly about what does it look like to live a more spacious life right where you're at. Welcome to the Finding Holy Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hales, author of A Spacious Life. I love big ideas, but ideas have to move beyond an ivory tower to find their application in the midst of our work and our laundry routines. Here on the Finding Holy Podcast, expect conversations about how to live faithfully in a post-Christian world, but without the vitriol, posturing, or shouting across the aisles. In each conversation, you'll get to hear my guests' wisdom, their laundry routine, and for this season, also their hustle habit. Let's find holy together. Friends, I am very excited to welcome my friend and fellow writer, Shannon Martin, to the podcast. So good to have you. Hello, Ashley. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yes, it is so great. Shannon and I, I feel like we run in similar writerly sorts of circles and we talk a lot about place and belonging and neighborliness in our respect perspective spheres. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Yes, me too. I love that. That's kind of our, it's been our connecting point for a long time. Yeah. And we yeah. have even met in person. So I that know. makes it even, I mean, it was a long time ago, but it I was onto it. I know <laughs> like back when you could meet in person with, with, exactly. <laughs> with people at like writers conferences and events and yep. things that used to happen in the pre COVID era. Well, I, you know, as we talk about a spacious life, I would love to just hear for people who might not know your story a little bit about how maybe the limits of your particular place Mm -hmm. have shaped and given you a more spacious life, which is basically the subject of your first two books, I realize, but I love it. I mean, my brain, that's what my brain is doing in this moment. Like, how do I make this somewhat concise? I mean, that's my whole, this is why we love each other because we our hearts are in, are in this. So yeah, I'll just give a quick little, I guess a, a, a bird's eye view. My family mm-hmm. moved into this neighborhood 10 years ago, which is crazy that it's been 10 years. Yeah. We moved, it's a, it's a low income, very richly diverse neighborhood. 
in a nearby city from where we had previously lived. Mm-hmm. And so previous to being here, we lived out in the country. So just a, not far, far away, but a very different sort of rhythm to our life, a very different sort of place. We were, mm-hmm. you know, out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by fields in this adorable farmhouse with the long lane and the wide porch and, you know, all those things that that I really had held on to as, as what I really wanted. Like mm-hmm. that was going to be in terms of where we settled down, that was going to be the end game yeah. for us. And so we were pretty, you know, that that's a whole long story. You can read Falling Free, my first book. <laughs> yep. If you want to get caught up, I, I detail all of those things in that book. But we did pretty suddenly end up selling that farm and moving into this neighborhood. And, and it was just, aside from just a, a change in location, mm-hmm. it was really a a worldview shift for yeah. my family. And, yeah. and particularly for me, I mean, my kids were small for some of them. This is the only house they really remember. And this yeah. is just their home and it's all they've known. But for Corey, my husband and I, we had both grown up out in the country and sort of rural, small town, exclusively white communities. Mm-hmm. And, and so being it, sort of embedding ourselves into this particular little overlooked underappreciated neighborhood. Yeah it changed everything for us, you know, it just, and it continues to change us, the people around us, uh, the people we have proximity with, and just the people that we love and are loved by, they have reshaped Mm. almost every area of our lives. Mm. So, you know, as we think about, you know, that limit, how did you choose to like limit yourself to this particular place? And what's, what's kept you within kind of those guardrails. And then we'll talk a little bit about what sort of freedom you're actually finding in that yeah. space. So, so let me, let me make sure I've got your question, right. Are you asking just kind of what, it, what is it that people well, like, you know, interested? I think there's limits that we have like kind of given to us, right? Like if you're, we have to sleep, <laughs> right. Or right. Right. Like we are bodies and times and in places, mm-hmm. but in some sense in 21st century America, we can kind of choose at least for those who have a certain level of privilege where we want to live, that we have options often. And so, you know, how, how have you chosen to stick with that limit of being embedded in a particular place? Mm -hmm. Maybe even when it was hard or especially in those early, you know, early days when you didn't really experience maybe that spaciousness because of that limit, what did that kind of decision process look like? And, you know, cause I think we can some limits are given to us and some yeah. we choose. Um, right. You know, we certainly did choose this community and I, it, you know, it's with, with the advantage of 10 years of just age and 10 years of time, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's funny how I even sort of, I, I see, I see that maybe differently. I don't know if that's even the right word to, to say, I, I, I feel in hindsight, if I'm being honest, it feels a little like we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Right, we, right. we felt like we were captivated at that time in our lives by the idea that God's heart is is wildly for people who are experiencing poverty in various ways, or people who are on the margins, or you know, there's a lot of different ways that that we can frame that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's something to that. There's something to choosing proximity. Um, with people who our lives might not naturally give us proximity to. And at the same time, 10 years later, I I feel really dissatisfied with all of the framing that we can do around that. And so that's sort of some of the, the 
process you'll see, even as you go through my writing Mm -hmm. and read my different books, you just, I think that change is probably evident in me and that, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you go looking for a particular thing or a particular sort of area and, and what you end up finding is that you're just home, (laughs) you know, like you're just at at home Mm -hmm. in your place and you are any of the ways that we might have initially seen ourselves as sort of different. And I'm making kind of air quotes Mm -hmm. from the people around us. Those differences just seem to, they corrode over time. And and you just, you find yourself just simply being normal. You know, my husband and I talk about that all the time. Like that's, that's what we've learned more than anything is all these trappings around sort of evangelical Christianity, which is our, what our roots are Mm -hmm. that teach us to kind of come into a place and do a thing, or, you know, there's language like, you know, bring God to the neighborhood, bring God to the public school, all these things that, that are kind of embedded within us. At the end of the day, I think the best we can offer is just our whole selves and our, our whole awkward (laughs) inconvenienced sometimes, and just all the baggage that we bring with us, all of our limitations that took time for me to understand that it was my own limitations that were really going to, in some ways, lead the way, you know, mm. so, so you can come into a low income neighborhood and, and notice all of its limitations yeah. while overlooking your very own. Yeah. And, and so to be able to, to kind of ease into a place of peace and just recognition that this place is what it is. And I am who I am. And we're all just kind of doing our best. If, if we can just live our lives in very normal ways near each other, that is, that's where we've come to really draw our sense of community. That's where we've come to really have a more, to use your language, a more spacious understanding of who God is and how God loves us and what it looks like to, to be just to, to be a part of this mm-hmm. community and this gift that we've been given. That's, that's the, that's the thing, you yeah. know, like that's the yeah. thing that changes us. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? What were some of those or what are some of those limitations that you've had to wrestle with? And what does that process looked of like coming to terms with them? I mean, my biggest limitation for me is that I am a raging introvert. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> early on feeling like, you know, it, after you get past the excitement that we had over mm-hmm you know, landing in this new place and it's all unfamiliar and we don't know anyone and all these Mm -hmm. things. I mean, that was, that was immediately captivating and exciting to us. But once you just settle into your everyday life and things start to feel more familiar, you know, we wanted to have not just physical, you know, we share a zip code or we share a neighborhood, but we really wanted to have a a true sense of community, Mm -hmm. the people around us. And I am the limit. I'm the limitation there because (laughs) my, everything that is within me, and this is changing a little bit over time, but especially Mm. early on, I just love being alone. I love being in my house with, with as few people in here as possible. (laughs) I love the quiet. And so there was a moment where I started to feel like, oh God, you know, this was, I was poorly suited for this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If the goal is, is really to establish this rich and complicated and messy and beautiful community. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like I was cut out for that. And I think that's the thing that a lot of times we can tell ourselves, you know, that's our out like, well, oh, well, I'm an introvert. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I guess, 
that community is not for me or it's going to look different or hospitality. Yeah. I guess right. nobody's coming in here. Yeah. I don't think that's true. And I think we have to push ourselves mm-hmm. through that. And I also think we have to just make our peace with that at times. Like I'm just not, I'm not going to have people around me 24 seven. I'm not going to say yes to everything I'm invited to. I'm just not. So it's, it's kind of that push and pull mm-hmm. of, you know, allowing ourselves to stretch and grow in ways that might be uncomfortable and also just accepting ourselves for who we are. Yeah. And I think that's exactly right. It's definitely, it's a both and, right. It's not yeah. an either or. Cause I think, you know, often we, even when I've been talking about a spacious life, you know, I'm like, I keep having to say like, I don't want you to hear, you know, that basically you're like embracing your limits means you get to just say no to everything that you don't <laughs> right. want to do. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. But that's, but we have to, I think the work you do is so important because we do have to explicitly be told like, this is true people. And also it's not like, there's not a period at the end of that sentence. There's Mm -hmm. a comma, you know, like this is true about us. And here's where we go with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you worn out by hurry and hustle? And yet you don't know what it looks like to find a better way. Well, Jasmine Holmes called my book, A Spacious Life, balm for a weary soul. Tish Harrison Warren called it a needed tonic, and Jen Pollock-Michelle talks about it as rescuing us from the siren call of self-help. Join these women as they have experienced both their own limits and seen how my book, A Spacious Life, helps all of us to embrace the goodness of our God-given limits. Find out more at aspacious.life. That's aspacious.life. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman? Serve in the workplace? Or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, Bow offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. So tell us what your hustle habit is. And before we get into that, if you are just tuning in and don't know what the whole hustle habit thing is, you can find a free quiz on my website at aspacious.life. And hustle habits are ways that we tend to bypass our limits. So we can either ignore them, we can blame other people or circumstances, we can fall into shame, or we can try to control them. So what is your hustle habit? I don't know, Ashley, if everybody feels, I feel like you know, when people started to feel nervous to share their Enneagram number, I'm like so embarrassed by my hustle habit. Oh no. It is blame. Yeah. And as soon as it popped up, I was like immediately defensive (laughs) to my laptop screen. Like, um, no, but the reality is I it's, it rings true. And it's something I, 
I know about myself. It's something I am working on and something I will continue to work on Mm -hmm. and ways that I, you know, I've probably learned to control it even, but it's, it's real. It's in me. I hear you. That's my, that's my first, that's my first go-to too is, is blame. And if that doesn't work, then I, then I try the other ones. (laughs) Right. Right. That's not good. And I think it's just so important though, to name, okay, where do I go? You know, when Mm -hmm. I'm overextended or I'm not paying attention to my limits and that's got to be the first step so that we can start to grow. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Everybody should take the quiz. It was, it was short and quick and it really did. I mean, I, I took the quiz yesterday and I've thought about it probably 10 times since oh, I took good. it. Yeah. It's, it's front of front of brain for That's me. So great. thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of my. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> and there is on the website, if you go to spacious.life, there's also a little spot you can put in your email and get a roadmap, which is helpful to like, give you some hope and not just be like, here's yes. how you fail. <laughs> great. So, yep. Yeah. In the spacious life. And thank you for reading and endorsing it. So great. Yeah. Um, I have pleasure. various invitations. What do you feel like is that, you know, maybe one of the front of mind invitations to you right now, and I'll just repeat some of them because yeah, it's been a while, I'm please. sure. But, you know, there's an invitation to smallness, to set aside social media, mm-hmm. waiting, resting, delighting, paying attention, community, the stuff of the kingdom, abiding with Jesus through our losses and hope and purpose. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like is yeah, I mean, kind of in I, this season, you're 10 yeah. years out from the, you know, from the move, you're, you're just home. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. still working as a writer and yep. loving your people. In my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is, this is where it all happens. Yep. You know, of the ones you just listed off the top of my head, a few of them kind of hit for me. One of them is community because mm-hmm. that's just always, that's always, I have learned over time that while the invitation into community, like I mentioned before, doesn't mm-hmm. always come super naturally for me. It's something I have come to really depend on. Mm-hmm. And especially just in this weird, these weird pandemic times that never yep. seem to end. And we're always trying to figure out, <laughs> you know, I've, I've felt my, my sense of community shift around. It has felt wobbly at times. Mm-hmm. I find myself missing it and just trying to find ways to recapture what we can of yeah. it right now. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's my if I could extend an invitation to everyone, that mm-hmm. would be the one that I would just say, you know, we need to be yeah. finding ways to be in community. And I think when you said paying attention, yeah. I think that's kind of the doorway yeah. into a community. So mm-hmm. for me, those two things kind of work hand in hand. And I talk about both of those things yep. often, but I'm also really, and this is newer for me over the past six months or so, I'm really feeling like I'm being invited into a place of delighting. Mm. And I, you know, I, that's one of the things that, that circulates through me every day is just, and again, I think that also goes along with paying attention, but, but what is happening around me that, that I can take delight in, that I can find delight in what is, what am I seeing that is beautiful Mm -hmm. because my personality type is very wired for outrage and angst and, um, you know, and there's plenty of that to be found right, right. now, but I, I found myself mm. like the gears starting to strip mm-hmm. <laughs> inside me. Mm-hmm. And I, it, for me, that counterbalance or that yeah. counterweight is, is really beauty and delight. So mm-hmm. I can keep up that intense, that persistence yeah. towards, you know, keeping our eyes on what is not just in our world and how can we be entering into that and what can we do that's only sustainable if we're also pulling back 
yeah. and finding beauty and finding something to delight in. Because mm. I, I think those two, for me, they yeah. really, they really have to, to walk hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's so true. What have been some of those then kind of limits that you've needed to put up in your own life to be able to pursue both, you know, to pursue like this active yeah. justice seeking, mm-hmm. let's change the world in the good, yeah. in a good way, not like self aggrandizing yeah. way. Yeah. What does it look like? What are the limits of your, your day and your time and your paying mm-hmm. attention to be able to pursue both of those paths? I, for me, I have to make space for getting outside. I'm not always good at that, especially, you know, we're, we're in Northern Indiana up near Michigan and it is, it is starting to get cold here. And I'm already like, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's hard, it gets really cold here and it's hard yeah. to, when you work from home and it's, it's hard to force yourself outside into that sometimes, but that's something that I need to make time for, which means if we're making time for something, we're taking time from something else. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, that's the, that's maybe the biggest draw is just making space, Mm. making space to put aside the tasks of the day or even the anger within me. Mm -hmm. Um, I say this often, but I I think anger is one of my superpowers. You know, I think in churchy churchy kind of spaces we're taught that anger is bad. And I'm a big advocate of reminding us all that that's does not have to be the case, Mm -hmm. but so making space to kind of set that, that anger down. And I, we have also started to go screen-free on Sundays at my house and we've got three teenagers at home and it is a fight this past Sunday, you know, my husband and I both weren't feeling well. And so we, we (laughs) let the screens come out. Yep. Yep. I mean, so it's, it's not a really a hard and fast rule, but it's a rhythm. Yeah. And it's a rhythm that we, that I personally am finding a lot of, I I'm, I'm finding myself really grateful for it, but again, it's, it's gotta be an intentional thing, right? Um, it's something that we've got to, we've got to kind of set that intention or it's not going to happen. At least it's not going to happen in this household. So Mm -hmm. it comes with, comes with stress and angst and all those things (laughs) with teenagers and even just within ourselves. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's been, it's been such a good reset and capturing some of that delight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause some of like when we are always productive or distracted, or we like live without limits, either with screens or with people, right. We become depleted and then we're not even doing any good work in the world. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I come into a place of feeling like I'm just always kind of working Yeah, and I'm all, <laughs> I, I'm never doing anything really well. That's the right. thing I yeah. struggle with. Yeah. And I think probably a lot of us feel that way, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the house is like looking okay. I'm doing an okay job at everything. Feeding us. I'm doing <laughs> right. an yeah. okay job. I'm doing a terrible job of answering emails, but I'm also somehow looking at my phone or my laptop an awful lot. Like it just, right. Yeah. It just yeah. feels like there's, you know, I just want to be good at one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so on Sundays right now, I'm good at resting. It's good. making me better yeah. at resting. And then you, you, there's truth. It's like, you yeah. know, the people, the people who say, rest and Sabbath (laughs) are actually actually, transformative, (laughs) right? They actually make our work time better. What it's I'm finding that to be true. It is. It is because we were made for that, you know, instead of, yeah, I think we'd be like, okay, I'm going to rest so that I can work harder. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) right. It's like, no, it's not good. What if we just, what if we just let ourselves be it's really, and, and my teenagers who growls about it and they're so bored and they're kind of mad. And, you know, at the same time, 
they're like baking and yeah. creating and, you know, playing their guitar. And, you know, I've, they're in their, in their limitations, they would yep. see it as limitation in their boredom, right? They're, they're, they're creating, which is another exactly. thing we were made to do. And so exactly. I just, I've so far resisted pointing it out every time, but I want to be like, <laughs> told you, <ya." laughs> yeah, your mama's going to wag your finger. Uh-huh. And tell you uh-huh. what I know we had to, we had to have some consequences and screens were removed. And I was like, look, they're tossing the ball in the backyard together. Right. Like everyone's playing. They remember how to do these yeah, things. It's, it's wild. Yes. And yeah, I think, you know, sometimes I have a therapist friend who is actually going to be on the podcast next week. And she talks about treating yourself like a toddler. Um, Mm. And I think, yeah, like we need to rest and we need to take the screens away and we need to remember we have limits. It's all. Yeah. I I just, I don't know why it takes us 40 some odd years to learn how to do all this, but (laughs) it's too bad. It really is. (laughs) It is. Can you tell our our listeners where they can keep up with you? Yeah. Yeah, And what you're working on. The best place to find me is Instagram, probably just because, and I'm at Shannon writes there. Once you find me on Instagram, you can sign up for my email list. So those mm-hmm. are the two, that's probably the easiest way to do that. Yeah. And I, I have a free email that I send out once a month and then some other email options in there. My email is called the soup. Mm-hmm. I am a cook in the soup kitchen and I am a, an avid foodie. Yeah. And so we talk about a lot of those things and just the, the daily everyday rhythms of life and paying attention and community and neighborhood and all those things. Yes. I'm also on Twitter most days. Um, so you can find me there and yes, I, I am working on my third book, so it will not be out until fall of 2022 but that's, that's, what's got yeah, me busy yes, right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And tell us as we close, what does your laundry routine look like these days? You know, I've never been great at having a laundry routine. Here's what that, I can tell That you. is, I will just say that is pretty <laughs> common. So is it okay? Yeah. yeah. I'm not like a great systems person. I don't have a lot of that Enneagram oneness in me, but we were very pleasantly surprised that our washer and dryer finally died its last death. Um, we'd had it for decades. And so we finally were forced to get a a newer washer and dryer. And I will say that has kind of revolutionized doing laundry because we were like for years, I mean, for almost 10 years, we were running two dryer cycles for every dryer load. So to only have to do that once, I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) It's so quick. Yeah. Um, It's so efficient a new machine. It is. (laughs) Yeah. And, and our kids all do their own laundry. So I guess mm-hmm. that would be part of our routine. It's been yeah. that way for many, many years. Some yep. of them do laundry too often. Some of them Not do, often un- do laundry yeah. <laughs> never <laughs> until I realize, but that, you know, they do it start to finish. They handle it. They've got to take care of it, fold it, put it away, do the whole thing. So that helps. But yeah, it's because of that laundry is not a big right. stress or headache yes. for my family. And then I will also add, I swear by Tide powder detergent. <laughs> awesome. I don't know why I'm, I'm hooked on it. And it's my, it's one of the things I'm kind of loyal to, but yeah, That's it's, it. it's okay. all about, it's, it feels yeah. so retro. Like, right. It probably know. is retro now, right? It probably is, but <laughs> you can still like, find it. Right. It I was just like, bought some at Kroger. Yeah. I love it. Uh, well, thank you, Shannon. I, you have so much gentle and forceful <laughs> invitations into neighbor yeah. neighborly life. You know, I appreciate both 
your strength as well as the ways in which you are helping people all across the spectrum begin to think through what does it look like to be a good neighbor? What does it look like to love people, to speak up for people? So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's fun catching up. Yay. I know. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Shannon Martin. You can follow her on Instagram. The link is in the show notes, as well as pick up a copy of either of her books, Falling Free and the Ministry of Ordinary Places, and sign up for her email list as well. It is an honor and a privilege to be with you. If you've found this information helpful and enlightening, I would encourage you to go ahead and share this episode with a friend or review and rate it on iTunes. That helps other people find the podcast. But before we end, I want to leave you with one small step. Here this season, we're calling them pocket practices because they're small enough to fit in your pocket. And you can also get a set of pocket practices, which are formational cards to help remember your standing as God's beloved child. You can get those at aspacious.life for your downloadable pocket practices. So I want to leave you with a pocket practice as we consider what might be our one small step to begin to consider how our limits are actually invitations. Well, the first thing I want you to think about doing is to write down your limits of this season. It might be limits of the season of the year. It might be the limits of the season of the church. It might be the limits of this season of your life. Maybe you take out your phone and make a few quick notes, or maybe they're just popping up as you listen, as you're doing your dishes or you're out for a run or you're doing your errands. Write down the limits of this season. Shannon talked about some of her own limits about her introversion, and yet to realize the way in which that can be both a gift and something to kind of push through and work through as well. So I want you to bring those limits of your particular season to pray through them and to bring them to God. Maybe, yeah, you're introverted or extroverted. Maybe the limits of your season have to do with the time or capacity that you have. Maybe it's with your finances or your health. Simply by naming them and then bringing those things to God, we begin to say that, God, you can work through these limits. And sometimes you're asking me to stretch and grow. And other times you're asking me to have stronger walls and boundaries so that we can begin to love other people as we are also cared for. I hope that's helpful for you. You can always find me on social media at Hales, and I would love to continue to connect further. You can find your hustle habit quiz and pocket practices and your roadmap out of the hustle habit all at aspacious.life. It has been an honor to talk to so many guests about how a spacious life is formed in us as we actually embrace our good God-given limits. I hope you'll pick up a copy of A Spacious Life today and that you will be blessed and welcomed into this glorious invitation of knowing God and making Him known through the places that we're often unwilling to go, right through our limits. But they're good, friends. They're good. Remember, all of these big things matter, but so does your laundry. This episode was brought to you in part by the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast, an outreach dedicated to bringing joy, strength, intimacy, and purpose to couples seeking growth. 
Be sure to visit enneagramandmarriage.com to find your chemistry together again, or for the very first time.